0: Hello, my name's Scott Cameron. You're listening to The Joys of Teaching Literature. We're here to talk about all things high school English. If you wanna know more about me, my website is www.theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development for high school English teachers, and and hopefully very soon, um, all teachers. Uh, But uh, for now, we're just talking about specifics about the, the English language arts classroom. So this week, uh, I guess mo- mainly because I've been planning a unit on things fall apart. I was every time I sit down at the end of one unit and, and begin my next unit, I think about um, how to order the the topics that I that I cover, um, and so I, I'll, I'll talk about that today. Um, but but this the title of this podcast is hourglass unit planning, <laughs> um, from large to small to large. So I wanted to to find some kind of analogy that to um, so clarified my think my thought process as I sit down to create a unit and I, I kept thinking like how do I go from some external to internal or from large to small or um I thought about like culture and society and then like cognition and and thinking um and then suddenly, an hourglass just appeared in my mind, and I thought, "Yeah, that's kind of what it's like, right?" So, in an hourglass, you start—you start in in the external world um, of the character. So, basically, you go from that external world into to and you just move inward into the mind of the protagonist. Um, so, you start in this sort of external world of the character, and then move to the internal world, from a cultural space to a cognitive one. And so um, basically how I, I, I don't teach topic by topic. I used to, when I first started teaching, I, I taught that way and I just felt like I was just rolling along and I, I felt like I wanted to, to talk about the end of the book all the time and I wanted to talk about, it's, it's really important for me on a daily basis to be able to talk about the progression of ideas in the book and, and at the same, in the same spirit, the progression of a character. And so I, I Obviously, that's sort of the point of going chapter by chapter. You're kind of step by step, looking at how they change and how the ideas in the in the book build. And obviously, there's still a lot of opportunity. But I felt like it was fragmented. Like I felt like there were times when I um, was tackling a topic or an idea or a theme, and then I would just have to go to this other place, and then I would go to another place, and then another place. And I said, okay, let's go back to this other place. Okay, let's go back to you know say A, and then I would have to go back to B, and then say we start topic C and so i just felt like it was all over the place um, and of course you're sort of building on meaning as you're going uh, but but i also wanted to be able to op- give my students the opportunity to read the the entire text on their own because i don't like checking for a reading i don't like hey did you read up to chapter 12 tonight i just felt like sort of overwhelmed by you know not knowing if they read and just getting stressed about whether they read or not so Sort of simplified and said, "Okay, read the entire book. Do it on your own time. Find your own way of, um, you know, reading it and the own space to read it, you own time to read it. Maybe it's on the weekend. Maybe it's at, at night on Friday night or you know Friday evening or something like that. Uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Maybe there's good time for people to, especially with with kids, homes are crazy. Have siblings or cousins and family and friends coming in and out and sports and home is just a." You know, it's, it's, it's a place I'm not trying to go near, <laughs> I'm trying to go near it as, as least as possible, I guess. Um, so that's why I teach topic by topic. And so I'll have maybe 20 topics in my mind that, that occur through a book. And then I, I, of course, reduce that to about 10 or 15 or something in there. It depends on how long the unit's going to be. But the idea is that I can now look at this list of topics. And I'll give you a specific example at the end of this podcast. But if I look at this list of topics, then I start organizing those topics. So the topics don't have any, you know, organization or, you know, any kind of structural pattern to it. Uh, when I first take notes on a book, I just kind of take notes on these different topics. Uh, but when I create a unit, I can I can create a, a logical sequence of ideas. So each topic will sort of lead into the next topic, and be related to the topic, you know, that came before it. And then we end up in this place at the end of our discussion of the book, and I can think about how, why I want to order the topics that way. Um, so yes, yeah, so they first basically, in the, few, in the first few topics that I cover, now to clarify, a topic could take a day for me to cover. Um, it might be half a day, you know, I want to talk about this one topic in this one passage, and then we move on. But usually it's about two or three days, um, depends on the activity, sometimes I'll, you know, allow students to get into pairs or groups of four or five. Sometimes they have to create a PowerPoint. Sometimes I'll give, like, I'll have four topics, and then I'll get, I'll have four groups of kids. I'm like, all right, this is your topic. You have 15 passages you have to go through. I want you to pick the best five. Um, and so each each group will have a different topic. They have to present on that that topic. Um, so that's why it kind of takes different amounts of time to get through each topic, because it kind of depends on how you assign the work. Uh, so in the beginning sort of set of topics that we cover they get to examine the world the character lives in and so in that world uh, you're talking about you know all of the, the cultural sort of things that shape that world and then after that they, you think about I, I typically get them to think about the process um, how they process that world how they internalize it um, how they make sense of it and then of course how they make decisions about their own individual their personal life you know being a sort of small part of this larger society that you know has its own set of rules. Uh, this is true to real life. right over the course of a life, a person grows by getting to know the people and society around them, and then at some point they realize who they are and who they will be. So that's what this is about too. It's, it's yeah, I love it because it's it, it does allow us to focus almost every single topic, you can always talk about the development of the character. Where was the character at the beginning of this discussion? Where is the character at the end of this discussion? And that will get the students to think about, not necessarily who the character will be, but if they're internalizing all these lessons that they're learning from the behaviors of the character and all the mistakes that they made, uh, and they're thinking about, and and they're framing that in terms of their own life, then they themselves can think about who they will want to be in the future. Maybe they don't want to be like the character. Maybe they're not going to make that same mistake that they made, or maybe they're going to do this really good thing where they learned and, and opened themselves up and and you know, got to know somebody and, and connected with somebody somehow, and and that's more the person that they want to be in life. So it it kind of it makes this the whole thing logical. You know, I, I think that's my problem before is I was expecting too much of them. I think I was expecting them to to really make this, this create, have this orderly essay that was organized by topics, you got topic sentences and, um, you know, you have a thesis statement and you sort of progress and you expand on your thesis statement as you write. I wanted to do all these things and to explore the variety of different ideas inside of one topic. But that's what I found them doing is just sort of bouncing around the, 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 the topic sentence in their body paragraphs. They bounce around the thesis in their, in their essay. And so this enables them, say if there's 15 quotes related to one topic, this allows them uh, to really you know, they really understand how there's a lot of different ideas that relate to one topic, not just this same idea, but, but other ones. Um, and so even though it, maybe it feels redundant to just focus on one topic for a couple of days, um, that's actually what it does. It ex- you know, and this is where you can create graphic organizers. Sometimes I'll do that, where there's you start with the sing- single topic in the middle, and then the graphic um, will just sort of expand more and more. The more ideas they get to by interpreting quotes related to that topic, it just becomes bigger and bigger and better and better. Um, so, yeah. So so since they read the the entire novel on their own time, once they finish the reading the book, we. We can talk about the, enti- the book in its entirety for each of the t- the, the topics uh, from the beginning of the story to the end. Writers will typically introduce their ideas slowly, and they'll start with the sort of basics of an idea. And then you know by the end of the book and in, in the conclusion, they have, of course, a much more developed concept. And, and this, is, this is what learning is about. Right? <laughs> this is exactly what we're trying to do here is we're trying to teach them something about an idea. So, so the writer starts off kind of thinking about the, an idea in a certain way, and the character has a certain relationship with this idea um, and this concept. And then by the end of the book, the concept is, is much bigger and, and meatier and, and juicier uh, and, and, and more exciting. Uh, and and we, That's where epiphany is and all these different like enlightenment and wisdom and all these words that we have about what characters learn, they're usually tied to topics. And what I especially love is that these topics will intersect in certain passages and so when you get a when you decide when i decided to do a close reading of a passage we'll be able to look at all the vari- how all the various topics come into play in this one passage. And so it's not like one passage just has one at- topic attached to it. As you move through the unit and, and cover more topics, those topics become part of the discussion, and that's truly where you're building on your prior knowledge, is because you're taking more and more ideas and learning to apply them in different contexts. And when you apply an idea in a, in, a, in a different context, that's where it becomes more than, than where you started with it, which is this basic place where you read something and you understand that single moment, but then you always have to place that single moment in the larger, the, the bigger picture. Um, and, and, and that's really the advantage of this as well too, is that it really allows for expansion and enhancement and extension and all those different things that we want them to do when they write. And, and when they think, right, we don't want them to have this sort of limited, narrow view of a book that's just based on plot. When you go through uh, chapter by chapter, you're really just focused on the plot. Well, this happens and then this happens. Well, do you remember how this happened before? And that's how I felt like I was teaching. I was just teaching according to, like, here's what happens now. And, and, and that's context, right? You have this moment and it's in the context, but, but the context relies heavily on plot, so I felt like I was teaching mostly context without actually getting into what literature is all about, which is, which is the idea, and really exploring an idea and, and tracking how that idea develops throughout the books. Um, and so you can kind of, dis- like a, students can, can connect different topics to each other, and they can discover the relationship uh, between the various ideas of the writer, and like sort of like a spider, I guess. They have, like, right, they have their web, and they catch the ideas, and, and organize them in a way that makes sense to them when they write the essay. And they formalize how they think about the ideas in an analytical essay. Or even, you know, this is it's also just great for creative writing. So sometimes I'll have them pick a topic, say, all right, pick one of the topics that we covered. And in, th- in your introduction to the essay, I want you to talk about that topic. You have a thesis statement that is related to some interpretation of the book. But then from there, then you expand on that topic. So, you know, I'll give you some examples of topics in a second, but uh, you know, you can always take a topic and make it relevant. There is no limit to how you can use a topic because a topic is a topic. It's an idea that that is is very much that's they're timeless. Ideas are just like things that that you know, will always exist for till the end of time, right? Now, you know, in Victorian England or Elizabethan England or you know, and during the Romantic period or something. Um, you have these different sort of periods that, that have these different concepts that are that are focus of that, that time period uh, where people are thinking in terms of, of one way. Um, but, but that's kind of the essence of all of this is that it's sort of this expi- exciting exchange of ideas. And, and so that's – we want them to think in, in terms of that. And you know, I think one thing that I, that I enjoy about doing things this way is that it's incremental, Right? When we learn, I'm, I keep thinking about <laughs> incrementalism when it comes to my my daughter learning how to read. Because really, I'm like, I've been obsessed with, I'm already obviously obsessed with words and how they sound, and it's why we love literature. It's like the sounds of the words and how these the sounds combine, and um, you know repetition and parallel structure and how everything's organized and laid out. Um, and so when you know she's like getting frustrated with her she's like she's reading but she's not like fluent yet right and uh so she's getting there and and i'm realizing that these the words that she's she's learning um the sounds of the letters don't correspond to uh what she's saying out loud so i'm like having to say actually that ph is an f you know and all these different sort of ways that we pronounce things um, but even then I'm like, wait, but that doesn't even make any sense that that's like you know that's the way you pronounce that I or whatever it is. So it's it's a complex language and it's making me realize how really learning is so step by step. like, okay, this sound makes this these letters make this sound, these letters make this sound, but you have to like sort of tackle those word families um, really in a in a in a progressive way where you can build on these sounds and eventually those sounds, you know, become these kind of like our you know syllables or parts of words that that kind of build and get more complex that's what complex words are um and so so topics work the same way where we have to really get them to and think about when we teach we can introduce a topic like i come into class and i'm introducing the topic and so in that sense not only on a day on a daily basis am i coming and saying you know, here's where we're starting, and then by the end of class, this is where we're ending. Like, I have a question, and I want you to answer that question by the end of class. And so that question is, the the topic is inside of that question. Um, And so I can sort of introduce them to, when I introduce a topic, I can frame it in terms of how the world understands that topic Um, in today's society. We just talked about madness in Hamlet and and, uh, performance, we talked about gender and so we can we can when I bring up these topics I can sort of talk about how the world today understands these ideas and I can use specific examples from the world that we live in and, and so much doesn't when I doesn't matter when I teach these topics, there's always something in the news or something in my life, like a story that I can tell that happened to me very recently, not just like in the in the distant past where I'm using the same stories. There's always new stories from my life. That apply to those topics, um, because my life changes and things happen, and to me, and so I can introduce the idea by by giving these concrete examples very quickly at the beginning of class, um, and so as we build on these um, topics, uh, then it just beget, it gets more and more relevant as we move along, um, and it it's their job to to see the connections between the topics. Now, to some extent, I am I have this sort of progression of ideas but I don't want to do too much work for them where I'm the one connecting the ideas they should be the one that that number one interpret all the evidence related to that idea and finds the argument about the idea or like I said the question basically answers the question that's their job Um, you know and so they can they're the one they have to be in charge of their own learning and I'm not you know it's a problem I have with backwards design is that you're it's like you're you have the answer in your mind and you're leading them to it but with this you know, and some a lot of the times at the end of a unit i'm like what do you think should be the question for the for the essay and they have like all these kind of like unfinished thoughts or these incomplete thoughts where they're like you know we haven't talked about open communication or or honesty or loyalty or sacrifice you know so these 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 new ideas that we haven't talked about yet will then come out and that's the, that's the essay question and that's not something that I have that's predetermined I don't really ever know what the final essay question is going to be when I start a unit um, you know so whereas like a history teacher might start on a unit on a war or something like my topic is the novel that's it so if like the history teacher's topic is the Second World War they have that to co- they know they need to cover that right or if it's you know some kind of scientific process. Um, or the, you know, the workings of the cell or the, or, or if F equals MA or there's some kind of formula or concept that you need to teach uh, you know ultimately you want to lead them down a certain, in a way that, that gets them to see the whole idea and with English, the difference between English and sort of science or even history is that you want them to, to be independent thinkers and to think for themselves and we want them to be creative thinkers So it's like a, you know, there's a lot of similarities between the humanities and Um, and English language arts and science, but one of them is the difference with us is that we're sort of opening up, whereas with science we're like, we need you to know these things by the end of this unit, and they're facts and you need to know these facts, formulas and different processes or whatever it is. Uh, but with English, you want them to make sense of the book themselves. You're doing, you're introducing the topics, you're giving them the quotes that, you know, I give them the quotes that relate to that topic, and then you just let them explore those topics. And of course, there's a little bit, little bit of lecture here and there to try to make sense of different passages, and you know, with close reading, obviously, we're we're, we're right there with them and and trying to interpret the the literature with them. Um, but ultimately we want them to be excited by a question right We don't want them to we don't want them to be stressed because they don't know the answer at all. We want them to have a ton of evidence from a couple of different topics right say it's 10 or you know, five to ten 15 topics you're like, okay, so I have I have notes on, on on let's say an average of seven topics. I have one question, I got seven topics I got, You know at least 10 quotes for those seven topics so i've worked my way through 70 quotes or passages in this book i'm not scared of any question that i get but i'm excited by the question because it should be big enough so that i can fill in those gaps but but ultimately i think what we want them to do at this point in their life again is to look at you know so let's let's talk about the hourglass Okay. So again, we, we, we start with topics like, and we just, we're, we'll get into specifics, right? We begin by examining co- things like culture, class, race, society, gender, social norms and codes, tradition, convention, and etiquette. That was my, one of my favorite topics with the, uh, the novel Emma by Jane Austen. It's etiquette, think about etiquette, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, these codes that we, that we abide, these unconscious rules that exist that somebody created for all of human behavior, right? And so we all are born into that. So even if the book is only a year long or a couple of days long, or Ulysses is well one day, right? Um, you know, we can still frame this in terms of what the growth of the character. And so, the, so if the character is gonna to come to some realization at some point, it's because they, they came to some realization at some point. They understood the world as it is, as it was handed to them. Uh, and then they thought about that on an individual level uh, and how they internalized that world that they've been that they've been given. They don't have any control over it. We've all are born into this crazy place called the world, right? Like all the the things that all the problems that that existed in our history books, um, you know, we don't have anything to do with it, but we have to understand it. We have to know exactly what happened before we got here if we want to solve, and at the problems that we face today, if we want to know where they came from, uh, and we want to know uh, how what what solutions we can we can think of uh, And this is on a personal level, as much as it is a political or social level, we want to be able to, to figure out what it is that we have experienced. And that means that we are a citizen living in the world where there are these conventions and, 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 and pop culture and right and the TV, think about think about the media. Right? How much of an influence that is? And this is kind of the issue in home fire. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're the more time that we f- spend in front of a screen, the more um, that we become that reality. That is that is a that is a fiction. That is a screen. That is a curated reality. That that has been handed to, to us by journalists and social media posts and God knows whatever else we're watching. You know we've moved, You know. Documentaries, movies, sitcoms, uh, reading articles online, all the stuff that we're doing to be, to be a part of the world in this virtual space is, is, is forming our identities and who we are. Imagine the world without that screen, right? We just have newspapers and whatever things that we read. There's always some kind of you know, learning and, and obviously education that shapes who we become. But you know, so the more time that we spend in this these, these sort of imaginary worlds, if you will, the more that they will impact who we become and not actual experiences. And by actual experiences, I mean interacting with human beings and having conversations and friendships and relationships, uh, which looking at the news today, I just feel like that, that lack of common courtesy and understanding of another person's point of view um, in everything pandemic and race and social class related right now, um, it, we just we're failing to, to understand that we have this common goal. We have this common purpose. We want to progress. We want to we want to get better. And so so lesson planning like this, unit planning like this, um, is is all about that. It's all about how can we we start understanding something and then have a more developed understanding of it by the end. Um, and and and. If we start in the external world and then move to the internal world of the characters, that's where we start getting into the the crossing of consciousness, which is what is the main point of literature, right? Is that we're crossing consciousnesses with all of the characters in the book, um, but we want we have to start in the external world first in order to understand that internal world and and if we want us to understand each other, we have to understand how we perceive that external world and how all of the characters in the book perceive that external world. So in the middle of the unit, I'll look at kind of middle ground topics like things like family, uh, marriage, friendship, faith, perspective, you know, things like memory, you know, might be buried in the middle there. or topic like education might end up in the middle there. Where they're sort of in between. So, like, we're dealing with these much larger, larger societal uh, topics first. And, and also, all these things relate to who the character is. It's how they see themselves. It's how they behave. Because they think because of their gender or their age or where they grew up, that they have to, they have to behave a certain way. But then we also look at their, who are their friends, who are their family, how does that shape who they become, what's you know their faith, for instance, what's their idea of philosophy or their, uh, their religion and their the idea of spirituality, and you know, how do those things um, shape who they are. Uh, you can also, in the middle of a unit, track things like to- symbols, like you know, the hunting cat and catcher in the rye or something like that um you know if it's light or dark or if it's certain you know the forest or whatever it might be uh the certain motif this sort of pattern that emerges through the book and of course minor characters so a topic could be a minor character so you just you know, track this one like in beloved we like track beloved um and so there's these moments in the book where this cannot that that's a minor character but you can track any character um and, uh, and really make and re- make the, your discussion revolve around them. So a topic can be, can be anything. Um, by the end of the unit, right? So that's where you kind of do this deep dive is where I do this deep dive into the consciousness of the characters, right? I'd end with a topic, say, like identity is a good one to end on. Or joy, something, I try to end on something positive, right? Joy, imagination, hope. Uh, love is a really good one to end on. Free will, right? The idea of like, did the you know what's the what's the character's relationship with free will? Did they have complete free will? Like, were they an independent, complete independent thinker? Where they have a conscience and they li- listen to that conscience and they do the thing that they think they need to do and not what somebody else is telling them to do. Right, and you, you sort of track that through. I love that. I love doing that topic because you talk about determinism and how how hard it is to really do the thing that you want to do. There's so much pressure to do the thing that everybody else wants you to do. Um, you know, expression is a good one to end on, or like I really like the topic of immersion and how characters are connected. Um, so I try to end my units with a, a sort of uplifting topic, so they can see how the protagonist transformed. Uh, this approach also makes it easy. To connect topics across uh, different units of study, right? So you have one novel that you read, and then the next top, you know, say it's something easy like family, right? You're like, okay, so we talked about family in the last novel. How do we talk about family? What was the what were the main takeaways from that topic, and how are they sort of different or or similar to the, to the novel that we're in now? So by the end of the year, think about this. When if you're looking, if you're big into like midterms and finals or, like, you know getting them to compare novels to each other uh, or even like a short story to a novel however you want to do comparison uh, it's easy you just pick a topic that you cover in two different books um, or if there's a topic that kind of ran through three or four you can have them pick the novels that they would like to talk about and they write two little paragraphs about how those two pa- those two novels uh, dealt with that, dealt that topic differently um, and so so you get this sort of extra perspective This extra understanding of that topic that you that you again you had a very developed understanding of it by looking at it through in one book, but then you have an even better understanding of it by looking at it in two books, right? So that's another sort of cool advantage of doing this sort of topic-based approach, if you want to call it that, uh, this hourglass approach. And of course, you know the idea of the hourglass too is that so you start big in the world of the character, you go small into the mind of the character. And then when the sand comes out uh, into the bottom part of the hourglass, there, that's the the sort of reexamination of what to do with what you know about yourself, and that you are a person in the world, um, and 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 have to partake in it and participate in it and, and really engage with it. You can't just hide from it, right? So you find out who you are, who you who you want to be, uh, and and. How, you, how you're going to sort of interact with that, that larger world and help shape that larger world. Because you don't just say, okay, I understand it now. I'm going to go to sleep, right? <laughs> like I'm done with, with all wisdom now, right? Real wisdom is like I understand this about the world. I understand this about myself. But then what am I going to do with that understanding? That's really what an education comes in. An education is not just here's this book or read it. But I want you to participate in the world. I want you to, if you're a scientist, go out and, you know, create a better medicine for people. Um, if you're an engineer, you want to create a more fuel-efficient car for people. Or you're going to create an electric car. You're going to create an autonomous car. You know, a bridge that's going to, you know, have a, you know, lifetime warranty on it, or whatever you want to call it. A, you know, that doesn't fall down or need repair, right? You want to constantly improve the world that that you live in. You know, um, if you're a social studies teacher, you're, you're examining these social issues that affect people. Um, you're thinking about current events and how they relate to history. And and, and it, school is a think tank. You know, we're just, we're, we're, we pose, we have questions, we have problems, we have things that we need to understand about the, the this sort of invisible world that is underneath a microscope or, and, and we, we make sense of it and, and try to, In the end you know eventually toward the end of our education after college or whatever point but that's you know college is an unnecessary part of this too it's like we want to create lifelong learners that just like learning about the world it doesn't like you know that you have to go to school to do that you can just pick up books and learn and really love to learn and that's the kind of adults that we want regardless of when they went to college or want to go to college it doesn't matter they can contribute really important things by not going to college and they can be great people and contribute wonderful small or big things to the world and still just be a person that likes to pick up a book for 20 minutes a night or an hour or two on the weekend. And that's really who we want is, is just an educated population that likes to read and that goes to the library on a regular basis to pick up free books and, or buys a, a book because they, they really appreciate what the, the writer's doing. And they say, the, the, you know, how current it is, and they want to buy it. You know, we want these enthusiastic readers that, that want to know about the world and, and they can watch something on TV and have this educated mind when they view it, right? And the educated, the reading of a book is the sort of foundation of, of how we understand the things that we see with our eyes, right? When we watch a TV show, uh, or, or, or experience the world. We, we have this these the words are the foundation of, of our knowledge, and so we need to have those. We need to read in order to 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 know what it is we're looking at, right? Um, and so that's the idea of the hourglass unit plan. Um, so let's get to one specific example. This is um, <laughs> I, t- I tend to use Virginia Woolf's To the Lighthouse for a lot of my examples. You could tell it's one of my favorite books. I remember seeing it in the um, the book room when I first started teaching, and i was like i got like goosebumps (laughs) i was like oh my god it's my favorite book like please please let me teach that um and so so i divided this unit up into four parts this is i'm I'm using this too because it's kind of interesting um uh sort of hourglass approach if you will here too because i think it's a highly philosophical book so um Basically, the, these four, sometimes what I'll do is I'll take my, and I don't, I don't give this to my students because it reveals too much about what I'm thinking about the book, but um, I'll divide it into four different sections, and that, those four different sections could be, say, four weeks of one unit. And again, I don't usually always always cover all the topics, and every year I, I cover different topics just to switch it up. I mean, you think about that alone. If you do it chapter by chapter, you're just kind of, I mean, it's just all these different parts of the chapter that you could cover, um, but with topics, you just Ah, I'm getting bored with this topic. I'm going to do a different one this year or I'm going to sign this group, this topic, because ta- I haven't talked about that in a couple of years, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I also allow, you know, believe in allowing students to determine how much time that they spend on certain topics. Um, so if they just are really into this one topic and I notice that they're kind of just working their way through the passages slowly, but they're on task and they're not getting distracted, I'll just kind of, you know, because they said, oh, they say, how much time do we have to finish this? And then sometimes I'll I will be specific about the time because I'm like all right you know, obviously they're not into this that much or they're just distracted for whatever reason I'm like I oh, got ten minutes left because I see some people are done I'm like I see other people are just kind of getting halfway through I'm like you have ten minutes left I want you to quickly go through your way and just quickly as fast as you can get through the rest of these right something like that but other times like they ask me how much time's left and I'm like, I don't know like well, this is, it looks like you're you're really getting into the conversation here it looks like you're really sort of working your way through this and it's a fascinating thing. Um, and we, I can always end the lesson by, by having them share out what they discovered on their own by working their way through these handouts that I have. Um, but, but yeah, so that, that's, it's, there's a lot of flexibility with, with time with this too. And it's, it's, um, it's nice to be able to just have a list of topics that I plan on covering and, and think about it this way too. You can't say, oh, we're not going to cover the last five pages of the book, right? You got, it's like, you have to cover these, these chapters cause you feel like you have to cover the whole book. Uh, with topics it's like if i don't get to a topic i'm not stressed i'm just like yep we're going to the next book you know i got i have a uh a kind of plan where i where i have um you know say seven novels i want to get to or something over the course of a year and when i when i when that time is up for the me to be finished the one novel i'm done I don't, because I can just, like, Oh, we didn't get to that topic. Oh, well. Right. And so it's not that big of a deal. Cause what we got, we, we looked at one, one topic for a longer time and and that's cool. So it's not like something where I'm like, Oh, we didn't get to this or I'm going to get stressed because I got to cram this in in two days. And I only have this money, this many things to do. There's nothing, nothing like that ever happens. Um, you know, depending on the, uh, the, the, the activity it might take, you know, and again, I, I think I said this anywhere from like a day to a week. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's. Kind of, I've thought about even with Hamlet. I think I boiled down to just a couple of topics, um, and so I think there it would be kind of cool. I never tried it to just cover one topic um, through the course of a whole book. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of, I guess, the, the other extreme <laughs> way of doing things and then covering just a topic every day. Which, you know, covering a topic every day it's like changing the channels on TV. You know, like, ah, we're gonna do, what are we doing today? What topic are we covering today? And, if, you know, that's the other interesting thing. If we don't get to the end of a topic, oh, well, let's go to the next one because there's so many interesting topics to cover. It doesn't really matter if you get to them. You can do, like, say, three or four. You don't have to do all the passages. You know, it, there's just a lot of flexibility with what you what – you, you know, what you can skip and what you just can decide to do. All right, so here's, I'm just going to kind of list the topics for one unit. Again, this is, <laughs> this is not what I actually cover in the unit onto the Lighthouse um, because it just depends, but I, I at least have this in my plan. Um, I can cover any of these topics that I want in any year. Um, and so I also divided these, the four different sections, um, by uh, the philosophical concepts of identity, time, space, and free will. Um, so the first set of topics I'm organizing myself, again, I'm not always giving this to the kids, but I'll say identity and identification. And so the that's the sort of label for the first set of topics. So the topics are for that section, questions, isolation, hate, gender, silence, distraction, and religion. All right, so again, each one of those you say here eight topics, um, eight, no, seven, uh, right? You know, that's, I have 10, 15, you know, to, uh, passages related to each of those topics. So the next section is the problem of time, I called it. And so with that, we have the past, the present, the future, truth, death, this skull, the symbolism of a skull, uh, the well, since if you read the book, this is kind of confusing. It's just brackets. So in this one section of the book, she'll use brackets. So we just kind of examine the use of brackets. <laughs> this is kind of an interesting topic, right? And then uh, it seems ridiculous. And then the next topic is equally as ridiculous. It's repetition. So we just look at passages that have repetition in it. Look at that. The next section of topics is uh, symbolic thinking, uh, colon i don't know if there's say colon out loud uh space and art so it's thinking symbolically about space and art and so the topics in that section are painting uh, the lighthouse as a symbol color so that's you know all the different colors in the book light and how the use of light is this is a pretty common um motif uh, but In this book, it's just it takes it to the next level. It's just amazing um, how she talks about light and the movement of light and space and how it sort of connects us. And it's just it's just wonderful. Anyway, Mm -hmm. ships uh, and the symbolism of ships and the sea, the ocean, Um, and then the last set of topics is uh, the possibilities of free will and change. Um, And you can even see like in like light ships and sea, like just those even those four. Um, or even all of them, right? Think about painting, lighthouse, right? Color, light, ships, and sea. Those are you can already just not even reading the novel. You know, you can just hear those topics. And be like, yeah, they're connected. Um, you know, so and anyway, so the last section is uh, the possibilities of free will and change. Uh, the topic is uh, the topics for this one is uh, conversation. Point of view. I sometimes will cover that first, actually, just because it's a stylistic thing that that's um, it's free and direct discourse. It's uh, a way that that Wolf tells the story in the third person omniscient narrator. Uh, but anyway, so that's that's what I'm covering with that topic. So think about that, right? So that topic, I just cover passages where uh, the point of view changes from one character to another, and bl- and kind of like you don't you can't really tell whose point of view it is sometimes. That's sort of the point of free and direct discourse. It's it's sometimes both characters, or you don't know really whose point of view, but it's like figuring out whose point of view it is and what their voice is and what their style of speaking is that, that we're trying to identify with that one and how it sort of bounces back and forth. And so that's what we cover in that topic. So that's what we cover sort of early on in the, in the unit is just the style, style of the book. It's a great way to start the book, right? But you can look at... The style, and the and the, you know, the, the the narrative mode, if you will, uh, of any passage in the book in that conversation. You don't. You're not just limited to the first, like you know, an Emma by Jane Austen. The first page is really different uh, from the rest of the novel. Um, and so, but but I can I, I taught, actually have the same topics. Right? It's interesting, right? I have the same topic in Jane Austen's Emma, and and its point its point of view. And so we talk about how it's mostly from Emma's point of view. It's a limited omniscient. You know, there's, there's times when it's not her point of view. Uh, but, but Austin tricks us into thinking that it's an omniscient point of view because Emma thinks she knows everything. <laughs> and she doesn't. And that's the comedy of the book is that she doesn't know everything. It's, it's a limited om, omniscient point of view. Um, and so we kind of compare that to Virginia Woolf's style um and, and there's of course like short stories that we'll talk about but anyway it's, that's the topic is the point of comparison in two different approaches in two different novels so that's another great example so um imagination is another topic this is either all for to the lighthouse symbolism that's it's interesting so it's not it's not symbolism like a symbol or it's it's actually symbolism cuz she's a, lily's a painter And she's sort of thinking about how things are symbols, like actual things in the book are symbols. (laughs) It's hard to describe, but either way, symbolism is is the topic there. Um, The house, their house as a a symbol. (laughs) Uh, Order is a topic. Relief is another topic. And then the last two are immersion, like I said before. Uh, And then the last topic is love. And that is the topic of love is a great place to end. It's how the characters connect to each other, um, you know. And sort of move beyond this is this is written um, after first world War where this is <laughs> like a big question you know with all these piles of bodies all over Europe you know how can we to set those differences those national differences aside and really learn that you know what these are just egotistical maniacs that have no merit and were're just connected um, and and didn't weren 't elected for the most part uh, that were in charge of all these lives and created all this death, really for no reason at all, uh, other than than ego um, and, and and power. And so um, <laughs> that's First World War in a nutshell, you don't need to take the uh, listen to the blueprint for Armageddon, which is a podcast I listen to about that war. So basically main running theme there. Um, but yeah, like how how in that context of, of the First World War, like how can we just get along um, and, and, and talk to people that we're, we don't think that we can, can kind of talk to and relate to? Um, how can these differences be set aside? Um, and so that's the, that's the kind of final uh, topic at the end of the book. Um, in the middle of the book, the fir- that's when the, fir- the First World War happened. So the question of the book is how do we move on? Um, how do we grieve? How do we find closure? How does a nation sort of gather itself up after a war like that, and move on? And how can how can we have relationships uh, with people when when so many people have died, um, and those people are no longer in our lives anymore? So what does that what does that look like? There's a sort of get ten year gap in the book that goes by, uh, where all the characters have to sort of reexamine who who they know, who their friendships their friendships their their family, um, and so the book is a sort of examination of how we can pick ourselves up after a war, or after losing someone. Um, and, you know, in the topic of love is interesting, too, because there's this sort of um, unspoken thing happening between uh, Lily and Mrs. Ramsey. And so we can kind of talk about those those things, too. Um, so so all right, I'll give you one more example. This <laughs> is getting kind of long um, of just because just I want you to sort of be able to visualize what this looks like in my class one thing to talk about it, all these different topics but I'm going to just pick one um, the topic of painting because that's really this this motif that happens through the whole thing Lily's painting this painting and she starts painting it this one of the main characters uh, at the beginning of the book and she picks it up and then she she kind of puts it away this 10-year period goes by and she, she tries to remember it and and paint it in, in her mind um, it's a painting of, of Mrs. Ramsey and so that, that's highly symbolic for a lot of different reasons. So that's, that's what the topic is about. It's about the process of painting, the process of loving, uh, the process of, of creating art and just being creative in general, uh, of being uh, confident in your ability to, to do stuff. You know, a lot of the characters are sort of struggling with, with, you know, whether they're a poet or a philosopher or a mother, whoever it is that you are, you're, you're kind of a painter. You're, you're kind of creating a vision uh, and seeing it and, and putting it out to the public uh, for other people to sort of judge um, so it, it you know so it's, it becomes this sort of highly in, in the the wonderful thing of that book like in the 20th century a lot of writers were you know portrait of the artist as a young man yeah that sort of thing portrait of a lady they were trying to paint in their writing and so that's a wonder of the book is that you get these really long passages that describe lily's consciousness as she paints and so i'll, I'll read you two passages uh that are related to the topic of painting from one from the beginning of the book on page 19 and one is the actual and this is going to be a major spoil spoiler alert if you haven't read the book but it's from the very last page of the book on page 208 but you'll you'll clearly be able to see um, how this topic progresses from the from the beginning of the book to the end so this is from page 19 quote she could see it all so clearly so commandingly when she looked it was when she took her brush in hand that the whole thing changed. It was in that moment's flight between the picture and her canvas that the demons set on her, who often brought her to the verge of tears and made this passage from conception to work as dreadful as any down a dark passage for a child. Unquote. So it's just about the difficulty of starting the painting, right? It's just about the difficulty of, of being confident in your vision and, and knowing where you want to go. And, again, this is painting, but it's sort of anything in life, right? Starting a relationship, you know, starting a new job, majoring in something, you know, um, all these different sort of endeavors that we take on. Uh, it, it, you know, <laughs> she, when she took her brush in hand, the whole thing changed. It was in that moment's flight between the picture and her canvas that the demons set on her who often brought her to the verge of tears and made this passage from conception to work as dreadful as any down a dark passage for a child. What a wonderful, she is just brilliant. Okay, so page 208. So this is where I work on the painting. She's worried about what people think of it. But at one point, somebody's like criticizing it. She herself kind of questions what what it is she's painting. It's an abstract painting, so that's got a whole set of things associated with it. So this is how the book ends. Quote, Quickly, as if she were recalled by something over there, she turned to her canvas. There it was, her picture. Yes, with all its greens and blues, its lines running up and across, its attempt at something. It would be hung in the attics, she thought. It would be destroyed. But what did that matter? She asked herself, taking up her brush again. She looked at the steps they were empty. She looked at her canvas. It was blurred. With a sudden intensity, as if she saw it clear for a second, she drew a line there, in the center. It was done. It was finished. Yes, she thought, laying down her brush in extreme fatigue. I've had my vision. Unquote. (laughs) It's just, some of the passages where she's painting are just unbelievable. They're just, you're sort of going back and forth in these brushstrokes and you're entering into the consciousness of Lily. It's just, it's fantastic. She, she, so Lily basically in the book moves from at the beginning, right? So think about that. I just read two quotes, but you imagine what you can do with 15. So Lily moves from a state of doubt and fear about her ability to paint what she sees at the beginning of the novel. And then she moves to a state of strength at the end, right? Where the world makes sense, where she feels complete where her attempt at art finally comes to life, something she can be proud of. Uh, When we allow students to to see these changes in symbolism and ideas and in characters, we give them the opportunity to believe in hope and progress that just as an idea develops, that we too develop as individuals and as a society. Thanks for listening. you enjoyed listening to, to the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it if you uh, give me a review. Uh, I, would, I would certainly love that. See you later.